And today I, I want to thank the Lord for his presence, his manifested presence that we have experienced so far today. And I'm excited about OSL this afternoon, teaching on the love of God. If you have not attended that, I would encourage you to be a part of that. It is, it is not only uh, educational, but it is fun and it's an experience that will change your life. Uh, for the uh, married couples, as Pastor Dan talked about that, sign up after, uh, after the service. Be a part of something very special at Valley uh, because during that conference, we'll be announcing something brand new that we're going to be uh, endeavoring to do. And so at that conference will be the first time that it is going to be announced and uh, we're going to share with you some very exciting things. So sign up and uh, be a part of something great for your homes. In my challenge today, I am so humbled by being able to speak the Word of God. I am really excited for the opportunity to talk to you about who our God is. And I want to challenge you with something here. I won't have a problem if you aim high and miss in your walk with God. But I will have a real issue with you if you aim low and you hit. So what I'm asking you, church, is to aim high. I'm asking you to allow yourself and avail yourself to look at today where you are at, how you are living, and to aim high to something great that God has called you to. God is speaking. God is showing you things. And I want you to aim high because he's, he has very special things for you. Also, I want to say this to you, is you have to come to a place of realization if you haven't already, and I think in this church we have. But if you think you can, or if you think you can't, you're right. I hope you got that. And I want you to begin to think through every aspect of, of your walk with God and everything that you are doing. Is it measuring up to who God is and what he has done? Are your decisions based upon truth or are they based upon trial? I'll say that again. Are they based, your decisions that you're making based on truth or are all your decisions based upon trial? Because when we understand the truth of who God is today, we're going to experience something very great. And we're going to walk out of this house uh, really excited as the army of God in accomplishing the things that God's called us to. In the beginning, let's read some scripture. Luke chapter 10, you'll see it on the screen. It's in your notes. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. What Jesus said, I saw the authority of the Father. When he spoke, Satan was sent out. He was dismissed. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now, I want to say to you with what we're going to be talking about, 
but rejoice in that your names are written in heaven, he's basically saying because you, you know who God really is. Rejoice in that, that you have this confidence of who you are in Christ, and you are able to accomplish great things in the kingdom of God and even in this world. Matthew 16, he says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, the confession of Jesus Christ, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We're talking about that we are getting ready, we're set, and we're going into a realm of walk with God, walk in our life with God, that we are the army of God and we have authority. I'm going to read the same scripture, but it's going to be paraphrased. On the confession of my lordship, Jesus says this, I will establish my church and all of hell's power cannot withstand you. As you find suffering people being held captive by the devil and set them free in my name, I will give you all the authority of my kingdom to set them free from the devil's dominion. Whatever you disallow on earth, I will honor. What you allow, I will honor. You cannot be stopped as you seek to set people free. We are called and established on this earth to set people free through the knowledge and the salvation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Church family, to really establish this ability to crash the gates of hell, we must understand the nature of God. One of the biggest questions people have out in the world is who really God is. And we're going to talk about some avenues of, of how people believe today. But what I want to is I want to answer the question, how does God relate to us? How does God relate to you? Because if you understand how God relates to you, then there's nothing that you can't do in this world. We must know God only operates in the now, and he will never, ever change. I will say that again. God only operates in the now. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In the book of Exodus, we find a story. We've read that from the time we were children in Sunday school. Moses was chased out of Egypt by Pharaoh, and the reason why is because you remember that uh, a, an Egyptian was beating on a servant Jewish person, and Moses despised that, went over to stop, but during his anger fit, uh, he literally killed the Egyptian. And because of that, he was chased out. So for 40 years, Moses was in the wilderness. And uh, now God was sending him back at 80 years of age to be the deliverer of Israel. Imagine with me the thoughts that Moses had. Moses was raised in the, in the palace. Moses was raised under the doctrines and the 
theologies and all of, of Egypt. In Exodus 3, Moses asks a question, though, and I'm going to show you why he asked the question. That when we have the revelation of the answer, we will see our true identity in God's. When we understand the revelation of the answer that was given by God to Moses, there's nothing that you can't do. Verse 13 of Exodus 3. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Look at God's answer. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. And when Moses asked that question, Who and what is your name? He says, I am that I am. God was saying that to you today. He was giving you an answer to your life. God was proclaiming a truth to you that was going to give you an answer that will take you through your trials, that will take you through anything that you face in life with joy because you know who your God is and you know his abilities. So let's realize the culture of Egypt was that they were polytheistic. What does polytheistic mean? Polytheistic means that they worshiped many gods. And when they worshiped many gods, there was the god of the sun, the moon, the Nile, the crops, the fertility. Matter of fact, when you, when you see the, the 10 plagues that were given, um, literally, God was, was telling them, I am who I am against your God. Your God is nothing compared to me. They had all kinds that they worshiped, and the gods had names. Moses grew up in that palace. He grew up under that doctrine, and he understood all these gods. So here is what Moses was purposed by God to do. He said, tell all of them about the true God. Because of Moses' upbringing in polytheism, Moses asked, what's your name? And God said, I am who I am. John 8, let's, let's continue with this because I'm going to show you what this means. In John 8, verse 54 through 59, Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him. Hmm. But I know him, and if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, 
I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Jesus used the eternal name of God, and they wanted to stone him. He was declaring himself as God, because he was. But I want you to understand that the Father has many titles. Jesus does too. King of kings, Lord of lords, Rose of Sharon, Lily of the Valley, all these names. Pastor, what are you getting at? Here's what I'm getting at. I am that I am is the one name we must understand what it means. Because when you understand what it means, then you can answer the question, what is the nature of our God? The answer is, he is the God of now. He's not the God of your past. And hear hear what I'm going to say. Follow me. He's not the God of your future. He's the God of now. And when he's the God of now, he impacts your past and he impacts your future. But we miss God, I am, because we're always thinking about our past and looking forward to our future instead of spending in the now. What do you mean by that? I am means many things. And I'm not gonna spend a lot of time expressing the fullness of the word I am. I I would ask that you would do that yourself. But I am, it communicates God's, I'm gonna use this word, transcendence over space and time and everything. What does transcendence mean? It means beyond It goes beyond the ordinary limitations. He exists, God exists above and independent of all things. So when God told Moses to go to Egypt and say, I am, what he was saying to Egypt was, I represent I am your God, Israel, to Egypt. I represent I am that transcends and is above all your gods. I am that I am. Now follow me as we dig a little bit more in this. So when Moses went back to Egypt and all their gods, the name I am means he transcends space and time. I am the God that created the moon. I am the God that created the sun. I am the God that created the crops that produce after themselves. I am the God that created you. And you reproduce after yourself. He's saying, I am the one-stop God. I am all you need. But many believers are looking for God in their past to be all their need and in their future to be all their need and not in their present. The words I am transcends even the the reality of relationship. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says I am seven times in connection with the way he relates to us and who he is. So let me read these to you. 
In John 6.35, he is the bread of life. I am as the bread of life. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. John 8.12, I am the light of the world. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. John 10, 9, I am the door. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Are you seeing the nature of God? John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 15, 1. He talks about, I am the true vine. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. The summation of all of this, church, stay with me. I'm not even getting to the core of my message yet. In every area of our life, he is all we need. In every area of your life, he is all you need. He is the God of our past. He's the God of our present and the future. He's the God of our bodies. He's the God of our marriages. He's the God of our finances. He is the God of our hopes and our dreams. That's why I'm saying don't you dare aim low. Don't you dare aim low. Because I'll be afraid you're going to hit it. I want you to aim high. I want you to believe high. When you're wanting to do something in your life and you're wanting to get things done, don't you dare look at yourself as something small, insignificant. Because I am is your God. And when you understand I am, which we're going to get there today, then you're going to realize what he actually is doing in your life now. But because people are not living for the now, they miss it. Another thing that I am means is that he communicates his intimacy and personal presence. He is the God that is there. No matter where you're there is, God is there. And I'm going to say something that's going to rack some of some religious brains is even when you sin, God is there. I can show you scripture, but we're not going to spend time with that. But 1 John 1, 9, we are to confess those sins so that we can walk in the truth of the power of the presence of the intimacy of God that is there. People pray a lot of times and they look up to the sky and they think God is way somewhere, wherever heaven is. But he's right there. You are never alone. 
We live in a new covenant. See, the picture of the old covenant, and this is Moses, the picture of the old, old Testament, one time a year the high priest goes into the Holy of Holies. Basically, a God behind a curtain. And there are a lot of Christians today that are relating to God behind a curtain. But the new covenant is this, is when Jesus died, the Bible tells us that the veil in the temple was ripped from the top to the bottom. God ripped it. And God's presence came into our lives because we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. God is a personal, present, relational God who is I am. He transcends everything. A relationship that you desire, he transcends that. It is bigger and larger than you could ever dream of, of the relationship you can have with God. Because God is bigger than even your thoughts. But when you begin to understand his nature, then you begin to understand his thoughts. The Bible says my ways are higher than your ways. The Bible doesn't tell us that we can't know his ways. Amen? Yeah, absolutely. And how you understand God's ways is you understand that he's I am in your life. He's always there. They knew God in the Old Testament as one that thunder and lightning in the mountains and Moses was going to see him. And he came back with white hair. He's behind a veil. But now he is I am. In Psalm 119.90, it says, Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. That means that God is always there. Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let me just say it this way, tongue twister. He is not was. He is not will be. He is now. And faith that we have operates in the now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith believes that God is, and you must understand, God is doing it now. You join him by faith. God is. His presence is here. At times we make mistakes by asking for the presence of the Lord. I want the manifested presence of the Lord because the presence of the Lord is here. He is here. He's always here. He's always with you. He's in your home. He's in your car. He's everywhere. I am. And he's everything that you need right then and there, now. He's a now God. I am. Again, faith believes that God is, and you must understand God is doing it now. You join him by faith. Hebrews 13, 5. I want you to look at this scripture. It says, let your conduct be without covetousness. 
be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know what the scripture gives two promises? And we've been talking about the first one. God will physically never leave us. God is intimate with you even though you're not intimate with him. Right there now, his presence is here. The second thing, follow me. (laughs) Oh, Holy Spirit just said they're rejoicing in this. Watch this. The second one is he will never forsake you means he will never turn his heart away from you. Wherever you've been, whatever you've done, whatever you're doing, he will not turn his heart away from you. Church, you can sit right next to a person, but you can forsake them. What do we mean by that? You physically are right next to that person, but your, your heart's turned away from them. This is God's statement. There will never be a moment in your life that I am not physically present with you or that I will never turn my heart away from you. I think that deserves a couple amens. I know I'm giving you this information here and I know that it's, it's transcending some of your thoughts. It, it, it's, it's breaking away the stuff. And well, how does that happen? Because I don't see him. I, I want to tell you, he's there. How many of you have ever sat by somebody and you don't even know they're there? Because you've turned their heart away from them. God says, I am will never do that. (laughs) There will never be a moment in your life that you're alone. He's always there. You can look up at the moon, Egypt worship. God created that moon. His presence is there. Everywhere you look, God is there. That is our security. He is, I am. Let's just go a little bit deeper now. We're almost done here. A successful life is a series of successful nows. Because God is a now God. Listen closely. An unsuccessful life is a life that, that, that's wasting nows by being trapped in your past or just hoping for the future that's not here yet. Where most believers spend their time is being healed from their past and looking towards their future. Now, let me tell you, God has healed your past. God has planned your future. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But how God relates to you is now. How God relates to you is is the now time. God is in your presence. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's here to help you. If you're hurting, he's here to bring peace from that hurt. If you have pain, he's here to deliver that pain from you. But we're waiting for the future. 
instead of knowing he's a now God. Let me explain this to you a little bit. This is the way my mind thinks. Living only for the future is like walking to the horizon. You never get there because as you walk, the horizon moves. We're talking about relating with God. Have you ever watched The Little Rascals? I still love that. I remember as a kid watching that. Remember the donkey that they used to have the long stick and the carrot hanging in front of the donkey? And they'd put the carrot in front of the donkey. You know, just, just walk toward. You know what? That donkey, I've watched this program for years since I was a kid. That donkey has never gotten that carrot. He's still chasing it. Sad to say, there are some believers that have never gotten the promise because they relate to God in the future instead of the now. Even though you don't feel healed, you're healed. Even though at times you don't act saved, you're saved. You break fellowship with sin, but you don't break relationship. Because God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll never reject you. Never. That's the heart of our God. That's how he relates to us. He doesn't relate with you in his presence with you, waiting for you to mess up so he could just kick you off to the side. The way a lot of Christians think. See, we're warriors. We have victory, church. The word I am means that God is focused on now. He says, I can't relate to you tomorrow or yesterday. I can only relate to you today. For the rest of your life, you only will be able to say, I love you right now. Ladies, you don't want your husbands telling you, well, you know I love you next week. <laughs> you want them to know now, right? You know why? It's not because you're a woman. It's because you have the heart of God. You want to relate now. You want it now. And our God, I am, is the God of now. You can't say it tomorrow. You can't say it yesterday. You can only pray now. You can't pray tomorrow. <laughs> you can't worship tomorrow. You, you, got, you worship today. And when you get to tomorrow, it's today. I know I'm playing on words, but I want to tell you that's what I am is. I am is his presence is here in my life and yours. And he's always there. It's always now. Well, pastor, you know how we get, well, pastor, I read a scripture 10 years ago. What about patience? James 1.4 says, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let me just tell you this. That patience is not talking about waiting that patience is having a full revelation 
of God is there and the answer is done. It's a done deal. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect. None of us are, quote, perfect. The word perfect is establishing the fact you know who I am is. When you are walking in the power of patience, you know who I am is. And there's nothing that will stop what God has promised. Nothing. But the problem is, is our patience is someday God will do it. When God says, no, I'm a God of now. And that's where your faith needs to be. You see, the devil wants to take us away from now because he doesn't want us to relate to God. God is intimate with you. Even though you are looking towards the future and you don't even see God is there at times, but he's there now. When you're praying for the situation, you're praying for your children, your grandchildren, you're praying for your parents, I want you to realize, young people, God is there with you now. He loves you. He's been intimate with you and wanting to relate to you. But the problem is, is the church, I'm talking about the church in the world, hasn't taught you correctly to tell you that God is there now. He's listening now. He's talking to you now. And when you listen and you hear him, you're not mentally ill. Amen? You have to recognize, you have to understand that God is there. He is a relational God. I am is saying, I love you. I will be there with you through thick and thin. I will be there. I hear your voice. But hear my voice, and how you hear his voice is you know that he's the God of now, and his presence is there. And he will not forsake you, because we've all messed up and come short. Satan wants us to only think of the past or future and never now, because now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Because what, what now is, when you believe now, when you believe today, that God loves you today, that God is there for you today, that God heals you today, when you believe that God will take care of your children, because the Bible says, if you get saved, your whole household will be saved. And it's now. It's not for tomorrow. It may happen tomorrow. But when it happens, it's going to be today. Because of God's presence. He's there. I know I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing, you know, a little piece of hair and rocking your head a little bit. But he's a relational God. Now is where our God is to intimately relate to us. You see, the reason God can focus on now, the now, is he is not focused on the past like we are and not worried about the future. I'm going to say that again in a different way. The reason why God is so in the now loving you and me is because the past means nothing. It's been paid for. And he's not worried about your past. He's I am. He transcends anything in this world. 
No matter what has happened in your past, God transcends that. He's above that. He, he, he literally independently moves above whatever's happened in your life so it doesn't impact God. How bad or evil you were in your past, it doesn't impact God. What impacts God is now that you are saved. You have the blood of Jesus Christ that has removed your sin and you're his son and her daughter. That's the God that you serve. That's the God that you serve. I'm just letting the Holy Spirit talk to you. Even if you're accused of being mentally ill. Because he's talking to you. We can live in the now if we reconcile our past and do not worry about our future. But pastor, that's hard. No, it's not if you know I am. The devil tries to keep us away from God by destroying all the now moments in our lives, saying he is a God far away. How many of us through the years, me included, have faced situations, gotten angry, gotten frustrated, yelled at God, God, where are you? Because we forgot that he's I am. You know what I've learned in the many years that I've got this revelation? I'll be walking in life, something happens, and I'll just say out loud, God, what's that all about? Why did that happen? And then I watch this. I don't use this term much. But then I shut up and I listen. Amen. A lot of people, but God, I can't believe that happened. I did everything for you. Past. What's going to happen in my future? Future. And God functions in the now. He's right there with you. He's right there in that moment. He's with you. And he'll never leave you. Hmm. Jesus tells us to be converted and become like little children. You know, one thing about little children, all my grandchildren, they're not worried about yesterday. Matter of fact, you ask them, what'd you do yesterday? Uh, um, I don't know. They're not worried about tomorrow either. Children live for the moment. So that's why I'm saying to you, in this moment, think high. Believe high. Because God is above everything. He transcends everything. He's independent of what your boss does. He's independent of what that person in the past did terrible towards you. It doesn't affect him. But when you get to him and you relate to him and you listen to him, it affects you. And it changes you and it heals you and it restores your soul because you're with God. Children live for the moment. Psalm 131 verse 2. I'm reading this out of the American Standard Version. It says, Surely I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. 
Like a weaned child is my soul within me. A nursing child is when, you know, when they're hungry, they, they need mom. They look for mom for food. A weaned child is what they want is love and, and rest. They begin to, to enjoy life. They are released. And that's what I'm saying to you today. Church, let's get weaned off of the simple things of life about our past, what's going to happen in our future. And let's begin to walk in an understanding that Jesus Christ is everything. He is your answer. Even when it seems like all Hades is breaking loose in your life, you're a warrior. Go to the gates of hell and kick it down and free up those bondages that the enemy is trying to bring you into. The hurt, the anger, the bitterness. Be be free. That's why we have freedom ministries. Be free. And know that he is your God. He will be the ever-present God loving you, caring for you. And he's so patient. How many times do we repeat things to him? Oh, God, don't you know? And we name five million things. And he sits and he listens to you because he's a father. But then he's speaking to you. (laughs) Oh, listen close. You know what's being said to you? You think uh, your best Valentine's Day was beautiful? That's an everyday with God. The message he has towards you of who you are, how beautiful and handsome you are, how amazing you are, how gifted you are. You know why he can say that? Because he's the one that knows what he gave you as gifts. And God doesn't make any junk. And in this series, Ready, Set, Go, we're we're moving because we're in the beginning of end times where the Holy Spirit is poured out. And I don't want you to miss. I don't want you to aim low. I want you to aim high. I don't want you to think you can't. I want you to think you can. I want you to know that God's called you. I want you to understand that in that calling, he's right there Not just holding your hand, he's hugging your heart. Because he loves you. Everyone look at me now. I know some of you are writing. Don't you know this is true? Do you not understand how special our God is? When he told Moses, he said, Moses, Man, I know where you're thinking. And you know where you're thinking is where you're brought up. But when you go, I want you to say, I am that I am. Because Moses, I want you to know, I love you. I will never leave you. King David understood that. King David said, I'd rather just 
hang out in a tent with God. He said a day with the, a day with the Lord is like a, a thousand years. Just that day, now, just being with God and knowing he's with you, driving down the road. When that person cuts you off, see ya. God's with me. Amen. Now, I had two fingers up when I said see you. Okay. I don't want any of you going out here saying, do you see what pastor did? Okay. You walk in this life. Man. Let's all stand.